I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, hello and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And of course, thank you for leaving us all those, all those reviews on Apple Podcast. I think it is now. Uh, today's guest, well, some people might say that bigger names have played for, played for the Ospreys. But not if, like me, you played in North Wales for Colwyn Bay against Carnarvon, in which case this guy was the biggest name in town. It's Kai Griffiths. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you for the intro. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) I'm not too sure about the biggest name in town, but I'll take it today, yeah. I tell you what, there was no bigger name doing the North Wales cult circuit when I was playing than, than Kai Griffiths. And I'm trying to think, Andy Fenby was a little later. Rob yeah. McCluskey was a little, was a little later. No, it's just you. You were the sole the sole flag bearer for North uh, Wales rugby down I was south. A starter. I started it all, didn't I? I exactly. Some might say <laughs> say RGC was started by you indirectly. Well, I don't wanna, I don't want to confirm or deny that. If I'm honest with you. Excellent. Uh, by, by any chance, do you do you rem- do you remember the beatdowns that you handed out to Colwyn Bay? Yes, I do. A good, good scrap against you guys and Nant Conway as well as oh, the other one. Uh, a horrible place to go, both places. So no, nah, no, nah, it was. Uh, those were a long time ago, but no, nah, it was good times up in North Wales. Really good. And I, I'm so happy now as well when I'm looking into that how much sort of developed on the structure for the boys to come down to South Wales and obviously the RGC playing it in in the Premiership as well is excellent. So that was. So far down the line to where I sort of started. Yeah, how how did you first get noticed in in Carnarvon? It was um, so I played. Uh, first of all, I didn't start playing until I was about twelve. So I was playing football uh, for Tuttle, which is in Carnarvon, uh, and one of the boys, uh, Mark Jones, basically uh, he was playing a bit of rugby, and he said, "Oh, I don't want to come and join a club." And I was like, "Ah, nah, I'm I'm okay." But at that time, I was probably twice the size of everybody. So I said, I'll give it a go. So he dragged me down. Um, and I started playing for Carnarvon uh, in the 13s, 14s, and the school as well. Yeah. And it sort of just developed from there then. So I went, uh, played two years, and then got into the Gwynedd squad. Uh, and then got a little bit of exposure down in South Wales. And then it got into the school trial system and the youth trial system. And then just got picked up from there then. So I was really lucky. Oh, nice. uh, Mark Jones, that wasn't the second row Mark Jones, was it? Yes, it was, yes. Second and, row, back row. And he, came down, he came down before me to, he, I think he went, joined the, uh, the Hinechi, uh when they were professional. He came down a year before me. Ah. But yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's not playing anymore. But yeah, Big Mark, he's, uh, he, was, uh, he was the one before me, actually. Well, he capped before me, did he, have, did he have a brother? Yes, it did. Yeah, oh Chris. my word! Yeah, we we really fancied ourselves uh, one year, and Carnarvon were maybe a league a league spot ahead of us. And we had two good second rows. And everyone's talking about the Carnarvon second rows. They were every bit as good and hard as everyone made out. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were. They were. They were the hard men of our team, both of them, and uh, they never took a backward steps, which is always good to have. Someone like those two in calibers in the in the game, yeah. They, they were, ah, there were good times playing for Carnarvon. Mm. I think we uh, won the league, and we won the league with the, the school as well. We had a really good school system, um, and we had a really positive um, uh, sort of head of PE in Yeyan Jones. Yes. Um, 
and he's very, very, very forward-thinking in rugby times. And you sort of because Carnarvon was quite a quite a sort of a football sort of quite a big football team and then obviously so I think he, he came in and he sort of changed the stuff even before the time I came up to Ascol Sarhiro and so he sort of changed that culture of rugby there and he, he was fun he was fun I, I've got a, he, for me he was one of my sort of top three coaches regarding getting me to the position that I got or time and big thanks to him for what he sort of um, helped me along because he was taking me down to trials and stuff. Really? Sort of, yeah, on the weekends and stuff. So we used to play on a Saturday and then drive all the way down to South <laughs> Wales Saturday night and then uh, play, the trial ga- uh, play the trials or do the training session and then drive back up. And obviously, you're only about 16, 15, 16 at that point, so you can't even drive. So, yeah, he's, yeah he was, I was very lucky to have him as my PE teacher. Oh, well. But always, I also... Well, likes of Patchett and stuff in the in the in the club, and he was a coach as well. That sort of developed me as a prop. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of lot of thanks to these guys, and it's a shame that I'm I'm not really able to give a bit more to the club that I can because of the situation. I'm living in London now. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention the Sunday um, the Sunday travels down south uh, because one of the stories which we we still tell now actually when we when we get back together is uh, how our prop claimed to have done you in um in in the first half because you went off on went off on on, on the second half nobody had the heart to tell him it 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 um it was because you had like a Welsh schoolboys trial or some such thing <laughs> don't tell him that now. Yeah. Don't break his heart. <laughs> no, don't no. break his heart. Nah, it was uh, there was a lot of rugby back then. Obviously, you're young as well. You, you yeah. don't, don't you don't mind playing two games in two days. <laughs> um, but I was quite lucky as well. With um, there was a guy called Mike Griffiths. He was running the North Wales Elite, um, and he did a lot of work with me with my fitness and drop drop my weight down. So I've got yeah those Patchett, yeah, and Jones and Mike Griffiths. They were sort of. The foundation builders for, for me for going and being uh, as successful as, as I was, yeah. Now, you just mentioned dropping weight. What kind of weight are you at the moment? Because obviously you're no longer playing professional. You're down down in the city. You're coaching London Welsh. Yes. Um, you know, are you, are you, would you be able to uh, rock up in the uh, rock up in uh, in the Premiership, or have you dropped considerable pounds since leaving, or put, or put it on? Yeah, no, 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 lucky it's gone the other way for me. I've lost a bit of weight. So for me, it was, um, I was I was playing at around 100. The heaviest I ever played was about 126 wow. kilograms. Um, but around, I was playing around 120 um, through my career. But now I'm 106, 107. Okay. So God, that, that's dropped. a lot of, that's a lot leaner. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I've dropped about thirteen kilos, uh, and it, for me, it's sort of obviously the league that we're playing in Division Eight, uh, sort of level eight, sort of standard. And for myself, for my joints and stuff, it, they've had a hammering for thirteen, fourteen yeah. years. So it's it was a decision for me. I, a lot of pe- people go the other way, but I I work quite hard with uh, Will Taylor, who's down here doing the fit, uh, SNC. He's the he's the head of uh, strength and conditioning in London. Got speaking to him, uh, changed my attitude to eating, um, and worked hard with him. And uh, yeah, the weight has sort of dropped off. So there's no chance of me. Uh, I mean, I'm not even playing prop these days. So. Are you not? <laughs> I'm not. No, um, I'm playing second row. Nice. So, yeah, you... yeah, yeah. So it, it all it sort of all started a second. No, really, it started when I was as I said, twelve, thirteen. I started as centre for really? a couple of games. And then I went to number eight, and so then went Sekiro, and then when Luce said I went tight head, so that's the sort of, uh, not the progression, but that's the downfall. Moving for money, it. Kai. Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure about that. Mo- sure about moving that. in for that tight head cash. Uh, right, so I think I just accused you of moving to tight head for cash. Yes, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. No, no, not at all. I think it was just the the fact that I was putting some weight on and enjoying my food at that time. So uh, it was a progression down, but still got the set, uh, skill set of a centre, though, mind. So that never leaves you, does it? Exactly. I just, right. I, just I, I just get bigger, and bigger. So that nah, it was it was good. It was good. Uh, tell, tell me this: if you'd have met uh, well earlier uh, and spoke to him about. Uh, eating healthy and all the other bits and pieces. Would you've done something different in your time as a professional, or would you've would you just carried on because it worked? 
Um, good question. What I know now and how I've sort of experimented with my body since retiring with food and stuff, I would have changed the way definitely approach diet-wise um, because we used to, thinking back, I used to just overeat all the time uh, thinking I need more calories for for energy, but it's not the case. Uh, I went um, keto, which is a, a high-fat diet for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. Last, I think about nine months, I went keto, and I, I felt the best I've ever felt. The really? weight was dropping off. And yeah, it was unbelievable. I was having about seventy to eighty percent of my calories was coming from fat, which basically blows people's minds because they used normally used to the sort of uh, the high protein, high carb, low fat diet. Yeah. It doesn't really work for all bodies. So for me, that that's the best I've ever felt. Um, just being in ketosis all the time. But I, I would highly recommend people experiment with your bodies. Nothing's going to massively change. You, know, you you probably might feel better if you feel worse. Just change your diet. Try something different. Uh, but, yeah, a keto diet for me really works and really works well. And it's sustainable as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I, I always find the problem with those diets, the high-fat, high... Well, it's not even high-calorie. It's just high-fat diet. The problem yeah. is I can't resist carbs. And then as soon yeah. as you go that way, you kind of ruin all the good work that you've done. It's very easy to ruin a ketogenic diet. Yes, it, it does, yeah. But I think it does, it, it takes you five days to get into uh, ketosis. Um, so in that five days, your body is used to having that insulin uh, spike, having that sugar, having, it's basically a drug for your body to sort of get dopamine. So yeah. you're getting that dopamine hit from, all the sugars, the carbs and stuff, insulin spikes, and your body's basically saying, what are you doing? I need my carbs. But once you get over that five, six days, and you're in ketosis, and your body energy has sort of switched to using fat as its main source of energy, it's I, I, can't, I can't fault it at all. Uh, but you need to get that right. You need to get the... Because also, if, you, if you're having high fat, high high uh, protein low carb the protein can sort of slow the process of you going into ketosis mm. so you need that protein really low as well and a lot of things is just educating yourself you know so yeah. understanding what is food what is what what is the macro split on it how much is calories what is how much does a 400 uh, calorie meal look like and it's much more less than a lot of people think yeah it's like one greg's pastry isn't it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly it's one of them but if you, if you uh, also what i've experimented with will is uh intermittent fasting as well yeah um is a huge thing at the moment and i think there's a lot of research so what are you doing so like 12 hours off or is it even more extended than that it's more extended so i try and keep my eating window now to about two hours two hours hours each day yeah crikey yes how are you dealing with that and alcohol because i'd I'd imagine living in the city now slightly different life that would be the hard one yeah it is but because of my work and because of rugby at the moment i'm not really um out in the city in the week because for me i could be up at five o'clock in the morning going to a site which is about two or three hours away yeah with work um say this is a tuesday so i'll get up at five o'clock jump in the car go to site get to site for half seven eight o'clock it was an uh, early t- client go to a couple of clients and then get to all the park in a half seven at night train the boys till nine then it's an hour and 15 home for me uh train all car yeah. Um, and then I get home for half ten, and then I have to do that again on the when uh, on the Wednesday, get it up early. So Bloody for me, it's, Te- yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it's probably um, it's probably lucky that you've limited eating to only a two hour window with that sort of schedule. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, it's, it's for me. It's just going back to the fasting part of it. It's, you, you, it's a habit as well. Getting up, yeah. I need, I need, I need breakfast. I need something. No, you don't need. And what me and Will say, it's you're better off not putting anything in your body or. Or if you put in, you're better off not putting nothing in your body. Or if you're going to put shit in, you just better not eat. Do you know what I mean? So nothing is better than eating shit. Yeah. So that could be cereal, muesli, yogurt, anything that's going to give you that insulin spike. You don't eat in the morning. Just black coffee and and a pint of water, and you're away you go, and you're done by twelve. Then, but obviously, I just go through till twelve, and I try and eat uh, on my training days. When I'm in the club, I might have food between 
five and six thirty before or after training. And yeah. in uh, when I'm not training, then I get home for like maybe six or seven, and I eat the half seven then till about nine o'clock or half nine, and I'm done. But that's not going crazy on a on a Chinese or a Domino's. <laughs> it's a high fat. It could be a high fat salad or something, whatever I want, really, because obviously I've got about a couple of thousand calories to play with. Well, talking about training then, so what are you doing ribby wise? Are you just doing the Tuesdays, Thursdays now? Because I want to get into the London Welsh stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, for us, it's Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then we play on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, we start at uh, anybody who wants to join us. So it's in London and they're listening in. We're at Aldia Park. Uh, and we're kicking off at 7.30 every Tuesday, Thursdays. And then obviously the games then on a Saturday. And then what, we've, what I've changed up as well is um, every last Tuesday of every month, um, we we don't have a pitch session and we go out for food and the boy, if the boys want some drinks they can have some drinks as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's bringing that team. It, it's a big thing on team and culture environment. So I massive believe in that. So trying to drive that. this is your second stint, isn't it, at London Welsh? And I imagine a fairly more relaxed stint than your first one. <laughs> Why do you think that? Because I'm basically I'm the, basically the director of rugby here now, stroke head coach. Well, Sonny's gone. Um, so yeah, I've taken on that mantelpiece of uh, what Sonny was uh, here was last year. So now my 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 work here has actually ex- uh, gone up quite a bit. Really? So I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't go up, um, but I guess when you were there last, you were were you in the Premiership? Oh, sorry. I was. I thought you was speaking about last season. No, that- sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, when, when your first stint in London Welsh, I imagine, was a lot more stressful uh, than the current one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it was 2000 and... Would it be 2013 or 2014 I was yeah. here? Um, and we were in the championship, and that's the year that we won the championship and went up. Um, but I didn't go into the premiership with them. I went back to the Ospreys then for a couple of years. Ah, yeah, it's completely different to because we were playing in Oxford that year. Uh, we were full time professionals. Uh, the team I'm coaching now, the amateurs, were still playing, but in a couple of leagues below uh, where th- this team is now. So there's always been in the professional era. There's always been two London Welsh. There's always been the professional arm. Yeah. There's always been the am- amateurs arm. But obviously, with uh, what happened two years ago with the liquidation and all that rubbish, um, the top tier obviously lost their licences, disbanded, and there was only the London Welsh amateurs. Oh, now, they, they, now we're called now London Welsh, uh, so we've dropped the amateur side, and it's basically just one, well, one London Welsh team, but obviously we've got three teams here, and the women's as well, so it's the first, second, thirds, and the women's. So I'm just trying to get my dates right now. Uh, the 23rd, so you, you actually, you, you were... You saw all the good sides of London Welsh in that promotion year. Um, yeah. were, were, were you the same, same year as my, one of my all-time favourite favorite rugby players, Jonathan Mills? Oh, big fan of Jonathan. I was, Huge I was fan. Te- I was texting Jonathan a couple of days ago, actually, <laughs> because he's just down the road now. He, um, he coaches, um, I think he coaches Roslyn Park just down the road, so I'm going to try and catch up with him. So you're a big fan of Jonathan, huge, you? I'm a huge fan of him as well. Huge, he, huge he fan. He tapped him in the Wales in the 21s as well. Oh, did he? Captain. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, uh, I was lucky enough to bump into him at Sale, and I didn't really, I mean, I knew him from Sale, but I didn't really know about his London Welsh days. But, I mean, the, the whole... The whole setup down there, and just the you know, the story behind London Welsh. I don't think you were even meant like you were even meant to go up. It, it's almost like a, it's almost like a surprise to everyone that um, that you did. Was, Certainly, people that didn't watch the championship. Uh, yeah, well, because everybody and um, everybody was thinking that Bristol was going to go up that year. Yeah, but, uh, and it was Bristol had pumped a lot of money into their squad. They had, they had a huge, huge squad. Um, and they were probably a better one-to-one team than us, bigger names, everything. But it, but we, we that year was my best year with the team. We just did everything together. It was absolutely class. It was what, one of my favourite years as being a professional. It was just that year with London Welsh when we were here and we went up. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, well, I've only ever been to London Welsh once, uh, and that was, do you remember the year when... Uh, Wales beat England with just the whole Ospreys team, basically. 
Yes. And the and I was I was recommended to go to London Welsh because they put up a tent there for the London yes. for the England Wales game. I, did you get lost in there? Oh, uh, I can't tell you how good it is. I mean, I can because you know. Did, did someone? Did a girl from Merthyr try to pull you into a corner or something? That's what's normally goes on in it. But now, pretty much, a, it's, a, it's it's amazing. It's it's really is. If anybody's listening, try and come down here when we're playing now uh, Wales or England in Twickenham. It's, how did you enjoy it? I loved it. It, it was. Yeah. And do you know what's weird? Uh, now I'm going to get the names wrong, and you know these people weren't actually there at the time, but it felt like it was full of semi-famous people from Wales, like like you know the Sean Lloyds of this world. Oh, I, I think Rob Higgett might might have been there, which again, North, uh, North Wales professional rugby player, huge 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 name, uh, you know just like um, semi-famous Welsh um, Welsh higher ups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we have it all in there. It's absolutely bonkers. And um, we had an, an amazing dinner um, on the eve um, of that game last last year. Uh, yeah, it was last year. It was, yeah. So Gareth Edwards came up and um, all the other legends. It was a lot of... It was a good black tie dinner before them. So, yeah, any time that you can come here, it's, it's amazing. It's a good spectacle. We, we played a charity match as well. Before the well, the game, um, which was great, so yeah, it was a good, it was a good day in the club. Now, do you think the club, when it was full time professional, uh, before it got liquidated, do you, do you think it lost its way a bit? Um, what do you mean by lost its way? That could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I guess what I'd say is, you fast forward to where to where the club is now. Yes. I can only imagine that there's a little bit of a reclamation of um, of the club by the players and the people that are still involved. And it's almost like um, you know the whole thing's been been reborn. I can imagine actually there's a lot of interest still in the club from people that were going there when it when when, um, when it was professional, or even still have been re-engaged with the club since of you know things like the coming back to Old Deer Park that you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, hugely. I, th- I think um, because I was only here for a year, so it's quite hard for me to see how they were in their final year because the, what they did when they were professional, they did come back to Aldia Park mm. uh, for one year, but I wasn't here and I, I wasn't, I don't know what the environment was with the players or anything like that. So uh, what I can say is from what, where we are now, um, uh, for example, we're we're getting about 550 people through those gates. Oh, are you each, level eight? Each home game, yeah. Um, we have sellout dinners. Um, we used to do it last year, one game, uh, one home game every month, uh, and we st- with about 110, 120 people um, having a, a sort of a dinner before the game. Mm-hmm. And I know when they were in their final year here, they're only having about 60 to 70 people having dinners so if we're just taking that into uh, into effect there's there's 40 50 more people having a sit-down dinner here before the match that's amazing um and we're level eight now i'm <laughs> not level three uh, so uh or level two or three was there so that that in itself and the, i think the, when you're speaking to the feel the old guard and the supporters club they feel there's a huge buzz here and i, I can feel it as a coach and a player as well and the players can say feel it as well where it feels like it's gone back to its old school roots and a lot of people are coming back um i, I don't know why that is uh, maybe they have a, a uh, feel of a connection with it now, mm-hmm. but greater than it, when it was a professional side. Um, but yeah, as the the boys love it, uh, the fans are loving it as well, and it's just a huge buzz here at the moment. It's really, 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 really. Uh, I, um, it's yeah, it's we didn't expect this much. If, if I'm honest with you, even in the first year, and it's grown since last year as well. So, can you give me a little bit of background about London Welsh? Then, you know, what uh, what makes it a special club? I think if you just walk into this, I'm in the bar now, uh, not having a pint though, which I'm getting about. But <laughs> yeah, if you just if you just look on these walls and you just see these legends that's on the walls and the shirts, um, and just the trophies and stuff, that it's 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 not just a rugby club. It's it's a special rugby club. It's it's a part of well Wales in London, uh, which is quite unique in itself. Um, and yeah, it, it just—it's it's the pride in the shirt, you know. You know, it's just—I think it's because of the the depth of the history in it. 
Once you wear the shirts, they not wear that burden on it, but they know that they they reckon they're sort of representing something special, and that's what we try and do here. Especially trying to develop a culture uh, inside there where people come and enjoy themselves and um, have a good crack, but obviously getting that edge of like we want to win. And how I feel it as well that this shirt doesn't belong a level eight yeah. at all. So well, I. I've got a sort of sort of uh, a thing on my chest as well. Though, trying to drag this club up the leagues as quick as possible to where it, is, it sort of deserves to be. It's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because it's such a grand club, yes. but on the other hand, it has been burnt very badly by 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 professionalism. So, where do you think the club should be in a you know in an ideal world? Well, I would say. Um, what the plan is for us is having this, and we keep on saying about it, it's having this for promotion in five years. Wow. Um, so we've done last year. Uh, I think we're on track this year to have promotion. So we're looking at four and five. Uh, this what, what this was the plan from the outside, outset. Um, obviously to grow our members as well, uh, membership, because that's basically the backbone of this of this club is the, the members. Yeah. Uh, with including the players as well, and then get into hopefully national three, uh, London one national three, and uh, we'll have to sort of I think we'll, everybody in the club will have to sit down and just to see where we want to go. Um, as I said, I'm I'm at the helm at the moment, um, uh, but I don't know where the club wants to go, and I think it's having that f- um, honest dis- discussion among. The directors, the board members, the, the supporters is where do we, where do we want this? Do we want them just to be at a national two and competing there, which is fine? Mm. Or do we want to go national one championship? Do we want to go semi pro? Do we want to start paying players? Are we happy where we are now? So I think that the first thing is planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's getting these four promotion in five years and we'll have to sort of reset, uh, re- sit down and sort of plan out where do you want this club? Because as you said, it's been burnt too many times and, um, um, we just don't want to go back there, but we, we got, I think we got we got very strong, good people on board now, um, and it's very much uh, a, a safer place. So, do you consider the team that you're managing now as a reincarnation of the professional London Welsh, or a continuation of the of the amateur London Welsh? A continuation of the. Um, uh, I, I see it completely different. I see okay. it, it's, it's it's a reborn London Welsh. So. It's not the part of the professional side, and it's and what, what we're trying to develop here is it, it is probably it is the amateur side, yes. We're trying to give it an emphasis of sort of professionalism part of it as well. So it's boys turning up on time, boys wearing the right uniform to trade uh, to go to the games, uh, understanding what we're trying to do. We're doing a video analysis now as well. Boys have got apps on their phone where they can really? watch the game. Yeah. Watch your game. They got uh, a gym here, so when uh, we're putting all that together with the club and where we play in front of 500 people, it's 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 not really an amateur side and it's not a professional side. It's sort of in between, which is a bit. I don't know. It's quite hard to explain. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, I I, yeah. I kind of I, I get a feeling of 
feeling of where you're coming from. Um, what about the boys then who were there at London Welsh Amateurs first team? I mean, have they had to make accommodation, move down the teams, or have you st- stuck with that call and then supplemented? Stuck with the call and supplemented it. Uh, it was quite hard for myself because um, two years ago, well, well, Sonny said to me a year ago before last season, if you want to come on board, uh, I was still playing in Bury St Edmunds. Um, so I wasn't able to come down to any of the games or nothing to see what the standard was because obviously I haven't seen any games at this level at that time. So for me, it was quite hard to pitch or what, what is the standard, what is the skill, what's the base skill level here, what's the boys' understanding. Um, so, yeah, coming the first couple of weeks in pre-season was pretty challenging. Yeah, I bet. Um, not anybody, they didn't know me. Um, but it's putting that stamp on it, I think, straight away. Um, if I'm pre- brutally honest, it was a, it was a hangover a little bit from uh, the previous coaches that, that, that they had. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't think there was a, there was a bit of a click in here, uh, a bit of a favouritism as well, if I'm brutally honest with you. So it's, this guy is getting in there, breaking all that up, saying that the, 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 the best players will play. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if you were, if you were a favourite last year, it doesn't mean that you're a favourite this year. It's, it's all down performance for us and, um, and getting is and it's not down to the sort of individual. It's getting the team to where it needs to be. So we had to make some hard calls on selection and sort of talking to some people. Yeah. Um, but we only lost one game, so <laughs> it worked. And uh, we got some other new people came in as well. Uh, but well, the thing with us is the boys are really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's good. It's good environments. Boys could have a crack. Good social side as well. Boys mm-hmm. love having a fuzzy dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we try and do that once a month, sort of a social aspect, including going out for dinner together as well. Mm-hmm. So it's having that sort of bond together. And boys tell their mates, do you know what I mean? So they say, "Oh, come down, it's a good crack." And uh, there's a lot of players here that could play two divisions above. Well, that's what I was going to ask actually. Like the draw of the name and, and the shirt for London Welsh must be worth many, many more pounds than actually just paying players. Yeah, so we don't play, we don't pay players at all. Yeah, well, you wouldn't need to. No, um, and it's it's because what I'm asking these guys is to give up their time with their family and their friends on the Tuesday and Thursday to come down to a field when it's probably raining and cold and give up two hours. So how am I going to make that enjoyable for them? Well, having an engaging team team session, getting numbers there, Getting a quality session, um, well run, well organised, uh, and, and understanding that it's just not being on the field either. It's, it's supporting them in any way that they need support and sort of getting them having a good time as well. So all the package together is probably keeping them here because yeah. we kept 95% of the squad from last year. Uh, and I truly believe that if we went to London 1, which is two leagues above us this year now, if we were parachuting to London 1 this year, we would survive. Yeah. Um, and that's two leagues above us. So, and we recruited really well over the summer, um, especially the back line bolted up quite nicely. And that's boys, like I said, boys enjoying themselves here, come down here, have a crack. Um, and they come and they, they get the bug of London Welsh, which is fantastic for us. Because we're trying to field three teams every every week. Yeah, I, I bet uh, playing in front of five hundred five hundred people. I mean, that's uh, I mean that's that that that's pretty attractive in in its own right. Hundred percent. We um, the fans are fantastic. I mean, they 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 come here five hundred, and there's about hundred or hundred fifty hardcore supporters that go away to away what? games, and they basically yeah, we basically. Um, we're swamping the away sides. So they basically phone up our chairman, Gwyn, and said, oh, how many is c- coming across? And Gwyn will say, oh, probably about 100. And they're basically restocking the bar. It's truly spectacular what is going on here. Um, people need to come down and see what it is because it, it is magical. But it's always always a thing for That's me. That's incredible. And these, these are the same fans, I take it, that were going to watch London Welsh when they were professional? Or was it, was it a new yeah, set? Or? Yeah, 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 probably was. And much more on top when they were probably not professional. Yeah. Uh, so the old guard have come back and everything like that. 
Um, and yeah, it's great. They're in the bar after it and they're drinking the bar dry, and which is great for the league. Do you know what I mean? For us putting money behind tills, yeah. not uh, behind bars, not just ours, but supporting the other teams. Um, which, which is which is everyone's a winner, really. So Especially if I... going away and there's more supporters, more away supporters than the home supporters. Well, <laughs> I play level eight and we have about five hardcore supporters that come with us continually. And uh, they're very much appreciated. I can't imagine what it would be like to travel with 150. Yeah, the, the, the 150 is the top end of the big games that we play away. I think Royston was a huge game for us last year. But Royston, um, I've never been described in that sentence before. What? Uh, Royston was a huge game. It was. It was a huge <laughs> game. <laughs> good battle. Very good battle. Um, but yeah, like obviously... Royston was second, we were first, and we had a good ding-dong at ours. Um, but that, it, it's a one-two percentage with our crowd cheering you on. Yeah. It does make a difference. No. And uh, I, th- I think the boys enjoy it as well because they get three pints off the game <laughs> in, the, in the away bar. So happy days. Everyone's a winner. Nice. So what was your first impression of Level 8 Rugby? Oh, or did you start at level, level 9 with them? Or... Level 9, yeah. So, so yeah. Middlesex uh, Hearts 1 we were in. Um, yeah, it was it was challenging. Um, first couple of weeks, it was challenging because I didn't know what level of drills that I could have implemented in the team, and if I was asking too much of them. Um, but I, I adjusted my ways. I learned quite a lot about coaching in uh, Bury St Edmunds. Yeah, um, because I was a player coach, and that was national too. And that was the first year that I sort of dropped down from uh, being a full time professional into a semi-pro environment. Mm. So I learned a lot from there. Um, and I took a lot of, the, of that into my coaching last year and sort of adjusted myself to the boys. But the boys' skill levels, are, we're just on a team right now, and it's 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 yes, the boys' skill levels are high. The, 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 you think level eight, but it's no, no, it's, it's, it's good. Boys, maybe the physicality and the size of the players, the mm. fitness is probably... Uh, the biggest thing, um, but as you're going up the leagues, then that will sort of uh, increase as well. But the, the skill, the core skills, is pretty good. And and what do you think the difference is between motivating you know, a professional team like you know the, the the setup in the Ospreys and then trying to motivate a guy who's just done nine hours in in a bank and now is you know co- uh, come down to London Welsh to throw a ball about? Yeah, it's hard. It's 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 a complete different mindset for me, and I, I get a buzz out of this, getting the boys up and getting them firing into the session. Because at the end of the day, I need a quality session, and they need a quality session as well. So quite early on uh, in the huddle, um, and then the game days. Then because a lot of these guys, they're not sort of. They think they can sort of... I mean, some players as well, some professional players, they think they can just turn up and play. But no, you have to start playing the man games with yourself or um, with a player when you think, oh, he's, he's not actually on the metal here, he's not ready for the game. You just start talking to him and a lot of people di- react differently. But you need to respect that the fact that they come in here giving up their time, we're not paying them. So it's a balancing act of... Of whip in the whip as well. Yeah, do you know? <laughs> so yeah, it is challenging. Yeah. yeah, do you know what? I think you're far more acutely aware of that because because you were a professional and you used to be paid to go, uh, go, go to work, go, go to work and train. It does strike me as that then becomes a far bigger factor to you, and you've got a bigger appreciation of it because these guys are doing it for nothing. Yeah, it does. Yeah, completely. Um, and it, it's 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 like you said. We've got we've got barristers, we've got solicitors, we've got uh, guys in the financial sector. These are very high pressured jobs, um, and they could easily go home. Do you know I mean? Um, they, they probably are mentally fully fatigued, and it's for them to come here and give give us an hour and a half and try and be on the money there. Is a, is a credit to the players as well by doing that, and then obviously on the Saturday as well, mm. getting out there because some, sometimes it's, it's it, we go to a horrible places. We've we've been to some places where it's it's a park. There's, there's <laughs> six there's six home supporters and probably two dogs. 
The dogs I, chasing the ball in the warm-up. Yeah. And there's I, an average of 80 red supporters there, which is, which is a bot positive. But it's still a park, you know. Yeah. But how do you, how do you get that person or that, that team at a, at a mental um, position going into that game? Um, yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, oh. it's, a, it's an. It's an act that I'm actually enjoying. <laughs> all, all I'm going to tell you, right, is I bet there's a there's a I bet there's a massive difference between not very nice at London level eight and not very nice going to a northwest level eight. Believe believe you me. Yeah. <laughs> In the potato fields, are we? Oh, mate. So some of these some of these places, like you know, Terrific. you know, it's good when you're changing in a porter cabin. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I haven't changed in, the, in my car yet, which I'm I'm waiting for. Ah. I, you know, what, I'm, I, I enjoy I enjoy going on the tube to these games or That's on a, the bus. I've never even I, thought of that. No, no, nah, nah, it's quite I, I quite enjoy it. I quite, it's, it's quite it's quite nice going on the on a on a on a got to get, get jump on a train to get a bus to get another train to get to a game. Class. Oh God, yeah, you're gonna have to do like several different switches. No, I think I think that would be too that that might be too much for me. But actually, the social on the way back must be pretty good. Yeah, we 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 try and um, because the majority of the games are around us, and it's not too far. We, I think we're gonna get two buses this year, two away games. Some boys should share the 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 cars and stuff, so it's not too bad. But. Uh, once we play, the majority of the boys try and come back to the club and mm. have a couple of beers together at the club, which is great. Um, and as I said, we we have a, a strong, very very strong social calendar mm. with an event every month. So um, boys have the fill then, and uh, we had an eating competition actually last Tuesday. Was our uh, <laughs> um, was our food? Uh, I hope food it was. Um, I, I hope it was mostly fat based. Oh, it was, yeah. Oh, thank God, thank God, or, or, you know, that'd be a disaster. It was a, it was a, it was a restaurant called The Schoolhouse in Clapham Junction. Uh, best brunch in London, actually. So if anybody comes to London, go to The Schoolhouse in Clapham Junction. And we had a, we had a dinner there. We had, a, we had a, our number eight tight head and another tight head. And basically, uh, Sam the Butcher basically won. And I think it was, the burger was two pâtés, one hash brown, uh, chicken start. <laughs> it's a curly fries. <laughs> he smashed in eight minutes. Oh, good lad. <laughs> good man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so we, we do have to keep our nutrition very, very strict here, you know. Exactly. So, so just, just just going back to the London Welsh of old and currently London Welsh, uh, the, the actual running of the club, are, are there any holdovers on, say, committee or uh, anything like um, anything to do with the actual day to day functioning, which were there when. London Welsh went into liquidation, or is it a completely new set of people at the top of the club? Completely uh, new set of people, C- completely different entities, because we're still the old London Welsh amateur side, so we've got our committee guys, mm. uh, and uh, I, I, nobody, I, I don't think nobody crossed over, um, but I might be wrong with that, but this board have, has been together for quite a while, as new board members have joined, um, Take that with a pinch of salt, but yeah, London Welsh of all that is a company that's gone into liquidation, which is nothing to do with us. Yeah. So apologies. And is there any um, is there any foreboding, or is there any sort of uh, I don't think resentment's the, the word for it, but uh, any disappointment among the club about how things were handled uh, prior to the liquidation? Uh, that's history. Do you mean that is something that it happened? Um, Put the it put the badge, put the name down. Um, but we, we've that mark in the sand. We've moved on now. We've completely moved on. It's it's a completely different atmosphere here, um, and it, it shows with people who are walking in to watch us play. Yeah. So that that's the biggest sort of the, the players that we've got. We've got about 120 on our books regarding eight uh, eligible to sort of play in any of the teams. That's the database there. Uh, the membership have gone up. Um, so that is the credit to where the club is sort of going and the direction is. And mm. Yeah, that that stuff happened. It happened in the past, but we're two years down the line from there now, so it's you know, we don't even think about it. Excellent. Um, now, 
you've been more than generous with your time, but I couldn't let you go without first asking you about your experiences in Italy. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you for another four, uh, um, 40 minutes because I'm sure you could talk, talk to a while. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the wine and cheese, is it, for another 20 minutes. Yeah, go for, go for it. <laughs> where, um, whereabouts were you? I was in Milan, um, where I was coming out of... It's quite hard... Uh, I, I know transition uh, transition out of rugby is is sort of uh, quite a big topic at the moment. People coming to the end of the careers or having a concussion, they have to retire. And what's the next step for them? Mm. Regarding for me, it was coming. I knew I was coming towards the end of being a professional, uh, and I was looking at my CV, which is probably the majority of the rugby players thinking, "Shit, I haven't got nothing on my CV, like nothing at all." 13 years as a professional, 14 years as a professional. Yeah, that's great. But when I'm trying to get that job, I don't think that's going to help me that much. So I was thinking, right, there's an opportunity to um, do a little bit of business development for the Ospreys because we had three Italian companies that sponsored us. And they were trying to get a bit of uh, UK, uh, get into the UK market through exposure, through sport. So I went out there, sort of, um, sort of keeping the relationship with those sponsors, and as well, just went out there and enjoyed my time. So I knew I was coming to the end of my sort of my professional career, mm. um, and it was is more of de- trying to develop myself as a person and trying to understand more with business, yeah, more than beside of it. And uh, yeah, we tried a good couple of red wines, which was great, and some <laughs> cheese. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. So but that that was that was that was tough because. Coming back then, I didn't. I, it was an opportunity when I was coming towards the end of my um, contract in in Milan. Um, like majority of rugby players coming to the world's end, didn't have an exit strategy. Yeah. Uh, um, and I had a decision to make: where do I go to Dubai and still play semi-pro, but go into real estate, or do I come to London? Uh, to my girlfriend and to my mum with no job and no club. And I decided to come to London with no club and no job. Um, And yeah, that was was tough. Um, But within three weeks, then I got a club. And then within four weeks, I I got a job. So the the gamble paid. But for me, it was more coming home, and not coming home, coming to London to be closer to my mum. Yeah. And obviously um, to be with my girlfriend as well. So that yeah, that was the jump I had to do. That was the end of my stint in uh, Milan. So I didn't realise that you were. So just to be very clear, you were in Milan on behalf of the Ospreys doing business development for them. Is that right? Well, so yeah, playing with a sister club. We had a sister club partnership. Got you. That right? I didn't realise that. I thought you were just employed by the sister club. No, we had a sister club partner. So, so we had a sister club, which is Milan. Yeah. And then our commercial director had played for this Milan side. And uh, he had a, a big network of um, people there. So I went out there and, yeah, I tried to do a bit, bit, bit more business for the Ospreys and stuff because my contract at that point ah. was 90%. to play a 10% commercial. Yeah, yeah. And with and you, just, that makes sense. Just to, get my, just to get myself out there. And how on earth do the Italians take it when you show up to sell them rugby in South Wales? Yeah, not too good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any sales, so yeah, that was basically it. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it, was, it was a big learning curve. Uh, it's crazy because you try and go to a country where they don't speak the language, and if they can speak English, they decided not to speak English. So. Oh, that, I mean, that would be just out for them. Yeah, easy, too easy. But I'd, I'd made some good friends, uh, still in contact with with the club and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, for anybody that's listening, try and get yourself out there. And I think Lynn Jones told me once that you know, try and get play rugby wherever you can. And he was very much um, forthcoming in my start of my career with going on tours, um, going with the crochets, go with Wales, going to Lynn South Jones. Africa. Sorry, I need to get this right. I always get Lynn Howells and Lynn Jones mixed up. Lynn Jones is the old Ospreys coach, isn't he? Lynn Howells yes. is the Romania coach. Is that yes. right? Uh, Lynn ha- uh, where is Lynn now? I'm not sure where Lynn is now. Oh, he's also <laughs> London Welsh for a while, was he not? Yeah, Lynn was Lynn Welsh. Yeah, he, was with he, was. Ospreys, he was with Nice. I'm uh, sure he's doing uh, some international stuff somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. I'm Googling him as we, as we go along. Uh, where is he now? I don't know where he is now. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I had Lynn for about eight years. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think because of world rugby now and their efforts, there's never been a better time to be going into coaching and wanting an adventure. Now, it's kind of, can you persuade, you know, your wife or you know, and your kids to move around with you? Well, if you can, you're on to a winner because there's some amazing opportunities now. The opportunities have come with, I think, world rugby uh, sort of investing into these tier two, tier three teams and trying to get them up. And you see the likes of Georgia. Where was Georgia five years ago? Yeah. No, they're, they're up there now. Um, uh, Japan, Namibia, all these sort of tier two, tier, uh, tier, 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 tier two and three. They're, they're all, I think it, it would be, I, I think, did I see, um, oh, uh, what did I see on Twitter the other day? I saw something with a coach in another team, one of those teams, and I said, oh, fair play to him. Because it's just another experience, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's getting yourself into trying different cultures. <laughs> I loved coming out of sort of Swansea and going to Milan and had a year there, having my two years, three years now in London. It's mm. great to get that. And you meet new people. and So you grow as well as a person. Yeah, I mean, every, every time I'm abroad, I always go and try and train with with the local club. Regardless of where I am, I'll... If, if it's possible to hunt down the local club, I will. Probably the best one I've done, as in the most enjoyable, was Limassol Crusaders. Because they train train on the beach, they then get showered in the sea, and then they all go into the pub. I thought this is this is this is terrible rugby, but bloody hell it's 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 a great way to live. It's all about living and getting those little experiences that you remember for your lifetime. So yeah, definitely get yourself out there. Yeah. 100%. So, um, who have you got? Um, who who have you got got this weekend? We've got Harrow this weekend. So they're, they're, we're we're top at the moment. Uh, we're first. We've, we've got three three uh, bonus points uh, wins. So we're flying at the moment. Uh, so we've got Harrow there mid table. Uh, it'll be a nice battle in Aldia Park, and then. Um, I'm not playing this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I to rest myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> Get into old 34 now. Very old. Tell um, me about it. But yeah, I've got a great team and um, we should have another win. Excellent. And uh, tell me this, where is the best place to keep up with yourself and London Welsh and all those other good things that we need to know about on social media? Yes, yeah, so you can follow me on my Twitter, which is at Kai Griffiths, which is C-A-I Griffiths. Um, pretty active on that, and then obviously London Welsh as well at London Welsh RFC. And my Instagram account is Kai Griffiths, and my Facebook is Kai Griffiths Official. <laughs> All official, of them. wow! Um, but mo- mo- mostly on on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, the, um, if you're in London and you're you fancy coming down, just give me a tweet. I'm pretty. I check it check it every day, and I try to reply to everyone. Just drop me a tweet, or if you if you like this podcast, let me know. Excellent. Uh, don't, abuse, don't abuse me too much. <laughs> <laughs> I got feelings, but no, no, it was, it was um, it's good. It's, it's a good place. This place is a very good place. But as I said, anybody that's out there in London who wants to come and play, more than welcome. Uh, yeah, and actually, I'll put in a pitch there. Anyone in Manchester that wants to go, go also play level eight, uh, talk H. It's in Manchester. Same training times. So. Uh, Kai, thank you so much. You've been an absolute tremendous guest and uh, I hope you really put it to Harrow on uh, on Saturday. Oh, we will. Don't worry. All right, mate. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye.